0: Welcome to face to face broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor Tibby Peters, the president of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. I just want to do um, two teachings this morning, so I felt I should start now, and um, then we will have a break for the uh, question and answer, and then uh, I come back for the second section. Hallelujah. Um, I would, just for a moment, touch on a few things that uh might not really be about the core of ministry uh, In the second part of my teaching I will focus on the core of ministry But I just strongly believe in my heart That um, as ministers of the gospel The first thing to know is that you are first of all A believer in Christ before you are a minister of the gospel Amen uh, Did you get that? You are first of all a believer in Christ before you are um, an apostle You are first of all a believer in Christ before you are a prophet You are first of all a believer in Christ before you are an evangelist, pastor or teacher Now there are a few things I mentioned yesterday Which I believe I should emphasize this morning is where we were talking about Acts chapter 3 verse 25, where the scripture was saying, ye are children of the covenant and of the prophets. He was trying to talk about the covenant and the prophetic. Most of the time, the challenge ministers or apostles or prophets or evangelists or pastors have is what they did not address as believers. Amen. I'll take that again. We talked about the covenant and the prophetic. Most of the time, the challenge the apostle has, the prophet has, the evangelist has, the teacher has, is related to what was not addressed as a believer in Christ. A calling to ministry or an ordination to ministry is not synonymous to spiritual maturity. Amen. God calls a man and God ...can separate a man to ministry... ...doesn't mean that he is now spiritually mature. Spiritual maturity is a function of personal efforts. Amen. Spiritual maturity does is not a gift of the Spirit. Spiritual maturity is a decision you make... ...for it to be manifested in your life. A man can be in ministry for hundred years... ...and still be a baby in Christ. Because the condition for being mature in Christ as stated in Hebrews chapter 5 from verse 12, it says something very powerful there. It says, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have become such as have need of milk, and not of strong meat. That means that this fellow, by reason of time, that means in our spiritual journey, time is a factor. Amen. Time is a factor. In your ministry, time is a factor. Time is a factor. In the progress you will make between now and the end of the year, time is important. And you should always factor in time in whatever you are doing with God or in ministry. Why is that so important? It's important because you are not going to be on this earth forever. Hallelujah. Jesus served in ministry for three and a half years. And after three and a half years, the whole world has been affected and impacted by the ministry of Jesus forever. Now, imagine if Jesus was waiting to say, Okay, when I am 50, I will start my ministry. When I am 50, then I will enter the big league. No, 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 no. The ministry of Jesus was for a short time. Um, He lived as a man on earth for about 33 years. And at the end of those 33 years, He had already accomplished the earth phase of what God called Him to do. Remember that the calling of God upon our life is not just ending on earth. There's an earth phase of it, and there's a heavenly phase of it. How do we know? Because that gift and calling is irrevocable. Amen. The issue now is that in the giftings of the Spirit, when we get to heaven, we will not be operating the gifts of the Spirit because the Bible says that we'll have perfect knowledge. Amen. Here on earth, we prophesy in parts because we know in parts. But the Bible says when we get to heaven, we will know as we are fully known. Amen. But at the same time there is a calling upon our lives which will never change. Amen. It's irrevocable. So our face on earth is time dependent. Amen. It's time dependent. We cannot overlook that. Going back to Hebrews five twelve, he said, When for the time ye ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again. That means there's no jumping this process. Hallelujah. There's no jumping of this process. That you have been ordained. You can receive multiple impartations, but it doesn't erase the need for spiritual maturity. Impartation is not a shortcut away from maturity, no. Your impartations will have greater impetus when there is spiritual maturity. Amen. And there's spiritual maturity in place, the impartations you receive, the revelations you receive, the associations that the Spirit of God brings you into, will achieve greater results when spiritual maturity is in place. In essence, what I'm saying is that there is no substitute for spiritual maturity. There is no substitute for spiritual maturity. Now, some people discover the call of God upon their life early. Some discover theirs late. But perhaps you discovered it early. When I say early, I'm not just talking about early based on your biological age. I'm talking about early based on your spiritual age. Some people got that understanding of their calling just the same week they got born again. Some maybe six months after they got born again. Some one year after they got born again. Some many years after they got born again. Now, whether it was early or late. Now, spiritual maturity is important. The challenge when it is early is that that early has an advantage, it also has a challenge. The challenge when it is early is that most of the time, because of the call to ministry, people don't give attention again for their own personal development and spiritual growth. Remember Paul was writing to Timothy. He said these things, these things. If you lend them, they will be profitable first to you and to those that hear you. Amen. So God is interested. In the knowledge that He's given to us, first of all, impacting us personally. Amen. Then it will produce more results by impacting others because it has, first of all, impacted us personally. So He said, When for the time you ought to be teachers, you have needs that one teach you again, teach you again. Then he starts saying, which be what? The principles, the first principles of the oracles of God. And so you have become such as have need of milk. Now, by reason of how long you'll be born again, it, it, we're not supposed to discussing milk with you. That's why when we come for this school of ministry, most of the time, we go back to the basics. Because the greatest area of challenge for pastors is not the advanced, it's the basics. It's the basics. It's the basics. It's the basics. I was speaking some time ago, and I gave an illustration about how people altered the developmental process of, 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 of the minister in campus ministry. And one of the illustrations I gave, I was talking about how, that there are certain things that process should be allowed, hallelujah, so that the perfect product will come out, amen. Process should be allowed, it should be allowed, it should be allowed, it should be allowed, the illustration I gave actually was that I have met pastors that are in ministry. And the greatest challenge they have in ministry is that they don't know how to get funds to do the work of the ministry. Are you understanding me? Okay, God has told me this, but how would the money come? And truly, God told them something. But there's, a, a, there's an undeveloped area of knowledge in accessing funds for that thing that God has put in their hearts. God has told them. They know. But now, the limitation is the funding is not coming. No, it's not that the funding is not coming. They don't know how to receive the funding. And you find that it's not just in ministry. Also, in in their personal life, that challenge still exists. Amen. Are we together? And so, what was the process God was taking them through that they jumped. I used the illustration on the campus ministry. I said, when we were on campus, we didn't have the privilege of having patrons that used to buy equipment for us in fellowship, that used to send us a bus when we need one. Are you understanding me? That would pay for your venue for you. We didn't have that privilege. No, we didn't have that privilege. Everything we wanted, whether it was offering baskets, whether it was a flower vase, we had to be in faith to receive it. So that Papa and Mama concept or big uncle of the fellowship concept we didn't have it but i know fellowships and i know denominational fellowships that had that kind of structure where you have people that went through that system and are now working are you understanding me and they are now out there in the society he's a big man somewhere and then anytime they have a need they just craft what you need to learn is how to craft your letter are you understanding me all you need to learn is how to write your letter how to appeal, you understand that? How to passionately appeal in, in, in your letter to a man. So they will write and say, look, 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 we have so-so project, we have so so and they write. And then the uncles and aunties from outside will now send the money and then they buy it. Now, it looked like they were helping them. But at the end of the day, those fellows leave those fellowships and then come to town. And then they discover the original call of God for their lives. Amen. Right, and then they step into ministry. Maybe some of them start pioneering a church, some of them go into the mission field, some of them become evangelists or whatever. When they get in there, they discover that the only way they know is letters of appeal. Are you understanding me? So they keep appealing, they keep appealing, they keep appealing, they keep appealing. And the point is that they miss out on the process of learning how to get something by the Spirit, amen. Are we together? But the uncles thought they were helping them, and those in school thought they were smarter than those that were wasting their time going to pray for money. Amen. So when for the time, they ought to be teachers, they have need that you take them back to the basics, the basics of faith, Amen. How to believe and speak concerning your finances. The basics of how to, to recognize the leading of the spirits concerning what to do and how to go about it. You find that they have to be thought again. So in this school of ministry, if in the morning sessions, we don't take some time to go back to these basics. You have a lot of people that have been in ministry a long time, but you see that the building blocks that make for stable ministry are absent. Hallelujah. They are not there. Are we together? Someone wrote a book, and uh, many authors have, have done that. If some of you read Purpose Driven Church, and a statement he made in, in one of the pages, and that, that statement struck a chord within me. He said, "You know, he, he, he gave a lot of principles, and that book I believe is a blessing." You know. He wrote a lot of things about how to um, structure your church and so on and so forth. But he made a statement. He said, He's writing this book with the understanding or assuming that the issues of personal prayer life and all those things have already been settled in your life. Amen. In essence, what he's saying is that these things won't work <laughs> if those other things are not in place. The basics. When you go to the university, they don't teach you ABCD. They assume that for you to get here, ABCD has been settled. (laughs) Are you understanding me? They assume that your numbers have been settled. So they start from a particular point. So imagine someone that has not even known the difference between vowels and consonants. And then he's in that general study, general English study class in university. And then the lecturer comes to say, you know, okay, vowels, and st- just start talking about. It doesn't define vowels. It just says vowels and so and so. Because he expects that they've taught you vowels in primary or secondary school. That's how it could be when you are in ministry, and then the building blocks are absent. Let me say something to you personally. If you are a minister, you owe yourself the responsibility to be grounded in the basics. Let your daily devotions be always about the basics. Who you are in Christ. What Jesus did for you. Amen. What it means to believe. What it means to speak or confess God's word. All those basic things. Be grounded in them. in focusing on the mysteries or the mystics and you leave out the basics you find that at one point or the other there are some challenges you are not supposed to be having and they will be there what I am saying in essence is that this is our inheritance. We are the ones that determine what we make out of it. Every day of your life, God is teaching you something. He said, day to day uttereth speech and the night showed knowledge. That means whether night or day, the Spirit of God is communicating to you. The question is, are you receiving what is communicating? Are you too busy... To receive what the Spirit of God is doing. Or, oh, you are focused on... Are you understanding me? Because every day, knowledge is coming to you. Knowledge is coming to you. Information is coming to you. The Spirit of God is reaching out to you on a daily basis. So, he said, for that time, they ought to be teachers. But they need someone again. So, don't get this point. Spiritual maturity is not... There is no substitute for spiritual maturity. The anointing does not replace spiritual maturity. Amen. It does it. And spiritual maturity does not happen instantaneously. It deals with time. Glory to God. And spiritual maturity occurs based on deliberate... Efforts you make not accidental in first Peter chapter two, verse two, it said, As newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow. That scripture was not talking to newborn babes, it is using a figure of speech. So he's saying, just the same way newborn babes yearn for milk, you that is mature, hallelujah, yearn for the sincere milk of the word. The difference between you, the man of God, and the pastor, and someone that just got born again today, is that the person that got born again today might feed on milk totally. But there must be milk in your diets as a man of God. Amen. Amen. Milk might not be all you eat, but there must be milk in your diet. And who is going to make sure of that? You. Sometimes you pick Romans chapter five, and you, it's not so that it's not to teach anybody. It's for you, amen. Therefore, being justified by faith, I have peace with God by whom also I have access by faith. You know, you you are, you are meditating. It's for yourself. It's for me. It's for me. Are you understanding me? It's not for anybody. Don't be mistaken. When God, Jesus, sorry, the Bible told us that, you know, Jesus carefully selected his disciples. You know, let, let me, you know sometimes people make, make some people laugh, you know, and, and they make me laugh too. You know, when they say things like, you know, how come? You know, a, a certain minister, um, one of his leaders left him. I said, how did he leave? What are you talking? Even people left God. Amen. Lucifer left him. Amen. Are you just telling me? What that teaches us is not my subject today, but I'll mention what it teaches us. Jesus did not casually was not looking at face. Say, this one is from Niger Delta; he will be in my ministry. Okay, this one is Ohanese; uh, Ohanese is my mother's place; he will be in my ministry. That's not how he was choosing them. All. Jesus prayed. When he had finished praying, the scripture clearly said, he called unto himself whom he would and ordained twelve. On that mountain in prayer, the Holy Ghost was pointing. This one should be in your team. This one. Judas was also pointed. So by the Spirit of God, Judas was ordained. So don't think it was a mistake of Jesus. There was no mistake. The choices you make can alter the plan of heaven for you. That's what that is teaching us. That you have the gifts of free will. Amen. When we teach on eternal redemption and the finished works of Christ, there's something you should get clear. The part you should get clear is that on God's side, there is nothing you will do that will make God change His mind about you. Hello? But you have your sight. Amen. <laughs> you have your sight. And your sight is to receive what Jesus has done for you. If, 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 Jesus does not force the healing he provided on you. You have to receive it. If you don't receive it, you'll be sick. It doesn't mean that God has changed his mind about your healing. Are you understanding me? But what has happened is that you have not received what he made available. So, you, if you don't receive wisdom, you will walk in foolishness. It doesn't mean that God is holding back wisdom from you. No, you have a responsibility to receive the wisdom. Judas, who were not there, and scripture might not throw some uh, more, uh, giving give us sufficient light on his day-to-day life, to tell us that Along the line, he must have been warned. The way you are going. Are you understanding me? Because God is gracious. When you see anybody fall out of the way in a way that everybody says, Ah, it's not like that. Though. It didn't start that day. God is gracious. God is gracious. So at the end of the day, while everybody was plotting, everybody had his own plot. So don't, you know, no, don't think all disciples were perfect. Judas was known. They were not all perfect. James and John had their political interest. They involved their mother. Are you understanding? Peter had his own interest and concerns. Then, you come to Thomas. Thomas had his own problem. Well, you begin to wonder, if they asked you amongst all of them, who will even have a problem? You would think it's Thomas. But it wasn't Thomas. It was Judas. Today, I don't want to teach on Judas, (laughs) but I just want to point out something to you. Every step of the way, Judas was among the 70 that went out and saw miracles. So don't think that he did. He has seen miracles. He might have even worked in miracles. But he. he the Bible says, and Satan entered him. Is that what happened? That's what happened. He gave room. And Satan entered him. And that was it. It's a choice he made. One way you can use to interpret things. You know, most times we always interpret things based on law and grace. Let me explain something to you. If you really want to see why some things shouldn't be the way they are. Or the consequence of certain actions. It's not the law. No. It's not the law. Go before the law. Hello? And see how Jacob and Esau did not have any law. Amen. Are you understanding me? Did they have law? There was no law. What law did Abraham have? No law. Noah, what law did he have? No law. If you study your Bible in the book of Genesis, study it carefully. You will see redemption and you will see what spiritual values mean in Genesis. Without law. Amen. So by the time the law now said, honor your father and mother. You now say, well, obeying your parents is law. No, it's not law. It's a revelation. It's a revelation. Because we saw where the sons of Noah, Shem, Ham, Japhet, their father drank. <laughs> it's not today. Yesana, uh, and became naked in his tent. Now, wh- wh- who caused the problem? Is Noah? Who told him to drink? That's irresponsible. You can imagine his son being concerned. That, what an irresponsible father! He went in and was laughing and called his brothers. Watch. Law. There's no law. No law. There was no law that said don't go and look at your father. He's naked. There's no law. There was no law. <laughs> the others came in and turned their back and used the garment and covered their father to honor him. When the man woke up and found out what the son had done, he said cursing. him. And what he said happened. What does that tell you? Hello? It has nothing to do with the law. He did not break the law. Perhaps that son didn't have a revelation on what to do. Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Let me not mention the man of God's name. is a known minister of gospel in this, town, in this country. He said something that really touched me one day. He said that he preached a message once. And then another pastor took the exact message and preached it and he was arrested and locked up. They beat him in the state, in police station. So the man came and said, it was exactly your message and your title I preached. Why did they beat me? He said, I have the revelation that they will not beat me when I preach my own message. You, you, you preached my message, but you didn't have that revelation. Amen. You know when Jesus sent his disciples, he said to them, um, um, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on snakes and scorpions. Someone can have it to go out and say, God has given me power to tread on snakes and scorpions. You tread on all snakes and scorpions, then you say, ah, It was this crusade I went for that is giving me a headache. Because this, you didn't get the other part of the revelation. Say, I'm nothing, shall so my enemies hurt you? That's the complete revelation. Now when you go out and sample on them, nothing will hurt you. Some people have this part, they don't have the other part. Amen. Years ago, a friend of I and, uh, my friend and I, this was sometime 1995 We went somewhere to preach. And uh, we casted out a lot of devils that day. It was just like, it, we, we didn't have time to really teach. We were just casting out devils. They had a up of demonized people. So when we finished, we were going back. And um, we were in a taxi going. So my friend turned and he has visions and he stands in the office of the prophet. So he said to me that the demons that we casted out, they are following us. He said they are hanging on the vehicle and following us. So, I, so I, 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 I didn't see what he saw, but I just said, they are following you. They can't follow me. He said, why? I said, you see, when I drop, you will see that they are following you. They can't follow me. Because before I came out, I know that nothing shall by enemies hurt me. Amen. Are you getting the are you getting the picture here? Now, but I'm, <laughs> I said of this to say to say this when it comes to spiritual maturity for the minister of the gospel, it is not negotiable. Someone cannot impart to you spiritual maturity. Amen. No. You develop. You grow. They can impart to you special abilities. It doesn't mean you are now spiritually mature. So you find a minister of the gospel that, loves the, that he loves the Lord. You understand that? Anointed of God's spirit. But he has not learned how to deal with Bitterness. Amen. He has not learned how to deal with his ego. Hello. Because that part (laughs) is the word of God. Hallelujah. That builds him and develops him in that part. The reason why the scripture talks about the fruit of the spirit as you read in Galatians is talking about what the new creation is built with. The nature of the new creation is love, joy, peace. Amen. But now, how that spirit man dominates your senses and your body is up to you. Amen. Paul wrote carefully, he said, put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. So you put on the new man every day. Glory to God. There are some pastors that beat their members. Are you understanding me? That's physically, in anger. It doesn't change the fact that their pastors. That will not change the calling of God upon their lives when they finish beating they come up stage the anointing of God will heal the injury <laughs> I, yeah, it will heal the injury that inflicted tell you we were traveling, you know we were students at that time we are going to I think we are going to Lagos or so so the guy that was in charge of our vehicle the lovely brother in charge of our vehicle um he was in charge of logistics so we got somewhere between in Delta State Wari Uge, Ugeli area and they were protesting this was several years ago they were protesting on the way young people so they blocked way so we had an argument so we stopped and the bus driver that was taking us rather than help the situation he was misbehaving and this brother came down. All I remember was that <laughs> he handled this driver. When, the last I saw was that he put him against the bus and lifted him up. Say, so you say what? The man said, and the man was up and begging. He now dropped him. We enter the bus. He forced the man. Let's continue going. When he entered the bus back, after he fought, he had fought with the other boys. Then beat up the driver. When he entered the car, he said, "Let's lift our hands and worship the Lord for a mighty deliverance." <laughs> mighty deliverance! Some people are not lifting their hand because they want to lift. They are afraid of him. <laughs> driver, Jesus loves you. No, no hard feelings. You know, no hard feelings. Let's let's go. Let's go." You know, we continued going. <laughs> Hallelujah. That same brother, there's a testimony, maybe since I've talked about it, let me just share this testimony. There, there, there was this um, situation where, um, when we were in school at that time, there was a new kind of robbery that was going on, where you will um, enter a taxi, and um, somebody, a young boy will jump into the taxi with all of you and when people are driving on the way he will bring out a gun and collect everybody's money in the vehicle and come down halfway and command you to keep moving so that has been going on so this brother was in this particular taxi and those kind of guys entered the taxi they were going already halfway he pointed his gun and said everybody driver clear everybody bring out your money the boy was just looking at him While of the guys slapped him and collected the gun from him from the, he collected the gun from him, beat him up. And with the help of the driver, they took him to the police station. And handed him over to the police. And took, gave, he gave the gun to the police. So, but you know, the thing about that brother, do you know he went to visit that boy every day? He went to the police station. The, the boy is behind, but he came out. He said, Ha, ah, you don't eat? Alright, you need to give your life to Jesus. He led him to Christ in the, this thing. You yes. <laughs> led him to Christ <laughs> Led him to Christ there <laughs> Alright Let's not get distracted So what I'm trying to say in essence Is that The place or the role of spiritual maturity In our ministerial journey Amen because I mentioned something about the choices we make. The reason why people make choices... I remember that in Christ Jesus, we still have the free, our free will. You chose to come for this meeting. The Spirit of God can tell you, come for this meeting. And you can decide not to come. And heaven will not kill you. Amen. But you will miss something. Amen. <laughs> Are you understanding me? It's a choice. The Holy Ghost can lead you to do something in your church. Oh, now from next month, start a campaign for so-so and so. You heard it, but you didn't do it. God is not going to now be angry with you and and destroy your ministry. No. But your ministry will be missing something. Amen. Are you understanding me? So, you you have to understand that balance and understand what, what, what we're talking about. So, that minister, that brother, that sister has a choice. And our choice now becomes either a blessing to us or a curse to us. Our choice. Not the covenant. Amen. Because the covenant is a blessing. Your choice becomes a problem. And so when you have somebody, I was talking to a a, a man and I said that any believer that is touchy You know, emotional. You've not learned how to bring your emotions under the control of God's word. You know, you always rob yourself of many things. Amen. You know, they are poor like that. Someone can come for a meeting and there was a guy who had a meeting, a minister's conference somewhere. And they said, oh, we have this minister's conference. And then he was in conference. And then they didn't give him the seat in front and he left. Hello? And... The next things he was to do in ministry is what they are teaching in the conference. Hello? There are some people that have some men of God on TV that they don't listen to. But yet the Spirit of God is telling them to listen to that man. Amen? Say, I don't just like him. A spirit goes. Go and listen to that man. I don't just like him. That's your own personal issue. Then you think by listening to the one that God didn't tell you to listen to, it will substitute for the one that God told you to listen to. No, Amen. It doesn't. We are not bound by laws or rules or regulations, but we are bound by that leading of the spirits. That prompting of the spirit within you is everything. Amen. So the choices we make and those choices are affected by our level of understanding our level of maturity I share a story here about how there are certain ministries or ministers of the gospel that the Spirit of God had laid on my heart to be a blessing to me as an individual and to our ministry. And I gave an instance. I said, There are some of those places where you are carrying your 1 million naira seed to go and sow. They are not excited about your 1 million naira seed. Because as you are standing there, there are people with 15 million naira seed, there are people with 25 million naira seed, there are people with 10 million naira Are you understanding me? So they are not excited about your 1 million naira seed. They will pack all the 1 million naira seed people, uh, come back. Can you come back next week? But you cannot be offended. Are you understanding me? Say, I will never ever, ever go there and say, Yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, baby. <laughs> that spiritual maturity that is not in place will make you make a decision. Rather than. Some people think that if the Spirit of God led you to do something, it means that everything will be easy. No. The Spirit of God can lead you to do something and there will be difficult in that place. Amen. Look at what happened to Paul. Was it not in Philippi that he was jailed? There was no other place, at least recorded in Scripture, that he was actually in jail and changed. It was in Philippi. Yet, that was the place that he had a vision. He saw a man that said, Come over to Macedonia and help us. It was in that place he went to jail. Amen. Papa said, "The way this place is looking, I'm not, I'm not going to come there." No, that's where the spirit of God wanted him to be. So, said, if the spirit of God led me, why is it that why is that? You know, even you as pastors, understand? Some you're a minister of the gospel. There are brethren that might come to your church, and the spirit of God led them to your church. They can leave the church because they are immature. Not because the Spirit of God led them. Amen. You must understand that. The reason why we spend time praying for brethren is that some of them, because they, they will make stupid decisions. They will make foolish decisions. In that prayer, we are guiding them. Amen. Have you not heard people that will say, ah, yesterday I... I I've already decided. <laughs> As a brother said he had decided to leave a particular church. I said, I've already decided I was going to leave the church. But the sister he was asking out to marry that's the day she sent him a text and said, Okay, let's talk about that thing again. <laughs> that was all God used. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That was it. Then he came to look for her, and he couldn't now tell her he was planning to leave. Praise God. He was not helping his destiny. Years later he discovered that, ah, look at the mistake I would have made. That's why I tell people, if you are a minister of the gospel, never take a decision in offense. If there is offense, wait. Amen. If there is offense, wait. Wait. Wait it out. Wait it out in prayer. Wait it out. Give it time. Because in offense, what offense does to you is that it blinds. That's the first thing it does. So you will never really see things the way they are because you're already offended. And why is it that you always get offended? Every week you're offended. Every day offended. It's spiritual immaturity. <laughs> Amen. When you start walking in love, you'll be less offended. Amen. Yes, <laughs> You'll be less offended. Everything is offending you. They didn't do this for me. They didn't do that. They didn't do that. Look at how. Look at how. Everything is offending you. That love of God should dominate you. Paul said for the love of Christ the love of Christ constrained us that means we are compelled we are controlled we are influenced by that love and you know it, what really bothers me sometimes is where people talk about leading of the spirits when it is leading of the flesh. Amen. Are you understanding me? So I think the Lord is telling me, the Lord is telling me, which Lord? Is it the Lord of the flesh? Or, see, it's not a problem if you say, I think I should do this. And learn to train yourself to only say, the Spirit of God is leading me when you are sure the Spirit of God is leading you. Paul, even Paul said, he said, I think I have the Spirit. There's a place that I think, I just, I think I have the Spirit. He was given an instruction in First Corinthians. He said, I think, in this instruction, I think I have the Spirit. He's like, okay, I think this is what I should do. Or is in my heart to do like this. It's even from the Spirit of God said, Amen. Well, a different thing. Because there are some people that, there's a young man, I, I, I talk in our church, that the Spirit of God had told him to marry three ladies. And I changed his name to Solomon. But what he actually means to say is that he likes these three. And there's nothing wrong if you. If you like the three of them. I like this one's height. I like this one's this. I like this one. I like the three of them. I'm confused. Better. So we don't know where to start from. Is that also? Awesome? Why would someone also be in ministry and have that same confusion? Is see the basics of how to be led. You know, if you're a minister here, I will encourage you get that book, Ken I e. again? how you can be led by the Spirit of God. Get it. The basics Of understanding how the Spirit of God leads a believer. You know why that's so important? Because all through your ministry what you are doing is following the leading of the Spirit. So your ministry is based on that knowledge of the leading of the Spirit. So if that leading of the Spirit is not clear to you, you're always mistaken about the leading of the Spirit. You're always mistaken about the leading of the Spirit. Now you're going to be leading people's lives, people's destinies will be in your hands. You cannot afford to be playing games with their lives. There are a few things that the Spirit of God had to help me deal with. From an early stage, I knew and understood the leading of the Spirit to me. The challenge I had was that I was too concerned about what others think. Let me explain it. I could be in a meeting. Then I was not even pastoring. And then I know that, supernaturally, by word of knowledge, that this brother might be in trouble if he does so-so and so. I will not say the Spirit of God told me. I will say, um, Are you planning to go to so-so, He said, Yeah, how do you know? Say, No. Uh, must you go today? He said, yes, I must go today. And I said, I think maybe you should leave it. And a person will insist. And I will let it be. When I became a pastor, I used to still do the same thing. Because I didn't believe that I should try to control people or, you know. But the Spirit of God rebuked me. Something actually happened. And something again happened uh, Years after that The first thing that happened was We had a case where I was with this brother uh, Some of you might know uh, the story already You know And um, um, We were in school at that time And he was coming to my room Every day, every morning For a, a period of about a week Then he would come to my room We would dress up together and go to class Now while he comes to the room in the morning We, do, we pray together We do study God's word together He will be there I we will be dressing up We will be just with scripture Talking about things of God It's not like we are having service Then we go for class We did it every day So this particular day was a Thursday uh, Wednesday or Thursday if I am not mistaken And he came Somebody was to come pick me from school and take me to a restaurant for lunch. So the person was coming with a vehicle. And in the morning, it entered my heart that I should invite him for the lunch. So I said to him, Join me for the lunch in the afternoon. So Super is coming to pick me. He said, okay, I don't know if I'll be able to join you for the lunch. I said, well, let us see. You have your class. My class was ending about 12 noon. His class, to, um, he to whatever he was going to do, his hostel was not far from where I was having my lectures. So he said, I said, I'm here in this class, when I finish, come and meet me. And then from there, I'm not going to go back. I might not go back to my room. I just go to town because the car will be picking me at so place. I remember it as I'm speaking, like it just happened before I walked in here. As we came out from the class, he came to meet me and we were walking. We got to the small gates of that school there and then we were standing at the point and he got my out again, inviting him for the lunch. So I said, Let's go for the lunch. He said, I, I will never forget. He said, I am going to see my supervisor today. Um, I would have gone. But I already fixed an appointment to see him today. So, let me go see if they took a picture of us standing there, he was going, my hand was like this. He was going. I watched him. Then I crossed and left. As he crossed, he was shot. He took uh, he, he crossed, he took a bite, sorry. And then he was shot. Now, when I heard it, I didn't hear it even that night. I heard it the next morning. And we rushed to the hospital. The burden I carried was that I had the responsibility to help him. And so my prayer is, Lord, mercy, let him know that I don't think I can live with this. Amen. He lived. Amen. But that taught me something. So I, I'm not one person that something happens and I just continue my life. No. I went back and I asked the Lord, what would I have done? He said you would have dragged him and gone with him. He said because you are his pastor. Then he showed me a scripture. I didn't intend to go to that scripture. It's in Jude chapter 1. Where his Bible says that there are some of them you will out of fear drag them out of the fire. Amen. Are we together? The second situation happened. I won't want to go into that. But the point I'm trying to make is this. Choices of people. So for me, at that point, the challenge of, okay, I know this is the of spirits, But what if the person doesn't receive it? I've been doing this thing for years now, and there's this statements I've made and I've been forced to make, where there are times where leadings clash, <laughs> amen. <laughs> you know, so I say, you know, uh, the story about Ken Copeland, Ken e. Hagin, when the book, the Midas Touch, came out just before, the, you know, that book. He had his own story Amen Before the book came out Papa Hagen called all the Like sons in ministry All the big names were there Some didn't come Just very few didn't come But the rest of them were there And There are How do I tell this story Without Not causing any controversy Amen Amen. God will help me. So, there's a story about a particular minister. He called this other minister and said, we are going for a social meeting. And the other minister said, the Spirit of God told me not to come. And then this other minister said, the Spirit of God told me to tell you to come. And now these are two ministers that are supposed to know what the Spirit of God is saying. Amen. Well, I heard the story then and I had to wait it out to know who was right. Now I know who was right. Amen. Are you understanding me? I had to, I had to wait it out. Years. It took years. Oh, Ten years plus. You know, for me to know who was right. Now I know who was right. Then, I was not sure. Praise God, because I I respect. So I have been forced in my own personal life, in leading people also, to say this is what is in my heart that the Spirit of God is saying. If it is otherwise, then I would have learnt a new thing. Hello? And maybe for the couple of times, four or five times, or so sister I've said it, I've not learnt any new thing. Amen. I'm not saying I'm perfect. You <laughs> understand me? But what I've learned is that if I'm not sure, I will say I'm not sure. Praise God. Someone asked a question once. I said, I don't know. He said, I know, Pastor. How would you say you don't know? I said, Because I don't know. (laughs) Amen. I don't know. Hallelujah. Should I continue? So the leading of the spirit. Alright? Understanding the leading of spirit as an individual in ministry is very important. So, get that book, How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God. Get it. Study it. It will strengthen what you already know and help you in day to day things and in ministry. Because the greatest error is for someone to be in ministry. And not be sure when the spirit of God is leading him. We were starting school of ministry. We started school of ministry 2001 January. I sent out. The spirit of God told me just invite your friends. I just sent information. This is what I was doing. And uh, one of them, good friend of mine, came to see me. And then he said, Well, we discussed this school of ministry thing you want to do. And uh, Brother and So or Pastor Susan So said, Why would you do such a thing? And uh, was not uh, excited about it. So the actual question he asked was, who gave me the audacity to start a school of ministry? What gave me the audacity to start a school of ministry? So when he finished talking, I said, you mean he said that? He said, yes. I said, I need to hear from him that he actually said that. He said, no, it's not like it. But he said it. I said, as I leave you now, I'm driving to his house. He said, ah. I said, yes. I don't believe in hearsay. I'm driving to his house now. So, so I entered my car, drove straight into his house. was far. Straight to the... We are all, all supposed to be friends. Reached his house. It was with other friends that were all in school together. I got there, came down. I greeted them. Ah, you came to, you've never been here. I said, yes. And I said... I didn't say someone said no. I said, Pastor, so, so said... That you said... <laughs> I came to confirm if that's what he said. And he was stammering. I said, no, no. He said, well, we're just thinking that. we we're, were just thinking that. You know, we just thinking that. I allowed him to land, Then I, said, I asked him a question. I said, you know me for how long he mentioned. And I said, since you knew me, is there anything that I said the Lord told me to do? And then later... We didn't do it. As I said, think. I said if that was not enough for you to believe in this, then something else is wrong. So he apologized. That's how to address issues. Amen. He apologized. And he came for the meeting. Hello. I was sure that the Spirit of God led me. Amen. So don't think that you are having opposition or you are having difficulty means that the Spirit of God is not in the project. No, the Spirit of God can be in the project, and that's why there's problem. Amen. The Spirit of God can be in the ministry that ministry you started. That's why there's even problem. Amen. Troubles or problems are not signs of whether God is with you or God is not with you. Amen. Let the greatest sign be what you are getting in your spirits. There are times where there is no wahala. But the reason why there is no wahala is that there is an ambush somewhere. You know, if somebody is waiting to kill you, who make noise? <laughs> <laughs> Let it come. <go. laughs> Amen. So that there is no wahala does not mean that There is the leading of the Spirit. Then there is great opposition. does not mean that the Spirit of God did not lead you. What I am saying is that follow the leading of the Spirit beyond circumstances. Amen. Beyond circumstances. Years ago, I was to drive to Abuja. This was... It's almost 10 years now. You know. I was to drive. there was a brand new car. I was taking it to Abuja. And uh, we set out on the journey in the morning. I was the one driving. And the moment we set out, what happened was that the documents of the car where we put it in the um, dove compartment at the pigeon hole, what you call the pigeon hole, and um, we w- set out. We got to somewhere, we are not even left to River State, if I remember clearly, and this anti crime people stopped us. So they asked for our particulars. Okay, before we got there, we had a challenge, something happened. Something happened. Then we got there. The second thing that happened now was that they now asked for our particulars and we couldn't find it. And I know I I, I put it there. We searched everywhere. We didn't find it. We now said, calling those back where we came from to help us um, look whether we left it at home. But we know we didn't leave it at home. So the person that was me said, saying, I know that. I'm feeling that the Spirit of God does not want us to go on this journey. That's why we'll be having. What do you think? I said, no. I know the Spirit of God wants us to go on this journey. He said, with all the problems we are having, I say, yes. Actually, He wants us to go tomorrow. We will go today. Amen. (laughs) The devil wants us to go tomorrow. We will go today. Amen. (laughs) Because the the, the natural way we always think is that if there is trouble, that means God is not... No, no, no. Don't think that way. If you think that way in ministry, you will not fulfill God's plan for your life. There are some troubles that are stirred up because you are in the will of God. The reason why that trouble is there is because you are in the will of God. We were there, we had the back and forth with the police, argued, argued, you know, normal Nigerian police behavior. They said we were going to take our vehicle, la la. So, I was already even getting worked up with the whole thing, so I went back and sat in the car. I said, "What am I even doing?" So I'm trying, you know. I said, so I stayed back and just calm, and I said, "Pray." Then it just came to my heart, where it was, and I opened the compartment again. It fell into the other, the in, so like the engine or whatever, that, so I brought it out. The policemen were even offended because we are not going to give them money again. <laughs> and they brought it out I show to them and we continued our journey I was the one driving we drove and arrived and I'm here today, Amen so spiritual maturity I said that leading of the spirit is important and is a believer is as spiritually mature as he yields to the leading of the spirit you get that? You are as mature as you are yielded to the Spirit of God. That's how spiritual maturity is measured. There are times where you feel like hitting people and you restrain yourself because the Spirit of God within you is telling you to live peaceably with all men. Amen. as you are yielded to the Spirit of God. In very little things. In very little things. There are times where that thing that the Spirit of God is leading you to do might even be difficult. That the Spirit of God is leading you to do something doesn't mean it, was, it will be easy. No? It could be difficult. But He will grant you ability. Amen. It will be difficult. When we, we used to be um, on NTA Road and um, We were using um, that hall, it was a big big hall at that time, and um, we were having a great time in ministry. We had opposition, you know, and we had to leave the hall earlier than we planned to leave. The, The owner of the hall said he wanted to use it. And so we had to leave. So we started looking for a place to move to we It took us a while Looking for a place to move to And then all of a sudden the time to move was quite close And we had to move The place to move to There was a place not far from where we were A hall, smaller Not as expensive as the one we are using It would be more comfortable for us to pay for that hall But there is a church that meet there are two halls merged together there's a church that meets in one of the halls so we're going to take the other hall so my leaders came back and said we found the hall I said where well, they told me that one. I said no we're not going to take it they said why I said because it will be unethical and I have a relationship with that church as a matter of fact the church was using the, the place where we came to it was because of us they moved. Because it was easy, just like, let's just say this hall now. Let's suppose there's a small hall at the back. And the church is in that hall. And then we are coming to this big hall. When they heard we were coming, they said, ah, we're going to drown them. That's what they said. So they asked if they could go back to where we are coming out from. So we could come to this big hall. They would go to where we are coming from. Okay? We started making the arrangement. It didn't work out that way, but they finally left here. So, that hall they went to now is where we now we are going to move to again. Are you getting the picture? When they were running because of us. Amen. So I said, no, we are not going to do that. Now, by deciding that we are not going to do that made things more difficult for us. Are we together? So it was spiritual maturity to say, no, we will be in faith for, even if it is more difficult, we will be in faith for a place. I'm not going to say because it's going to be convenient for me. We'll go and inconvenience another ministry. We're on the same team. Amen. So we didn't take that hole. Some of my leaders are not happy at that point because they they, they have to go through the motions of looking for another hole again. Not taking that hole, things became more difficult. (laughs) Amen. What I'm trying to say is this. If a minister of the gospel never oppress people because you have the opportunity. I know you, you know, there are some things and it's spiritual immaturity. That's what it is. That's what it is. So we didn't take the whole for no other reason than that. That's how we moved out of that zone and came towards Jeremiah. Hallelujah. There's another story that I would have told you. But you know who I'm talking about. So, so there's no need for me to say it. Amen. And the truth is that you never lose following that leading of the Spirit. Even if temporarily it didn't look like anything came out of it. Amen. Amen. Sometimes, in the immediate, it doesn't look like anything really came out of that yieldedness to the linear spirit. But give it time. Give it time. Give it time. Because that linear spirit can be trusted. You can trust it with your life. That's why you must know it. You must know it. You must know it. Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithonline.org faith or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded.